Welcome into the 11 Dubcast presented by the Dry Goods Store at 11warriors.com. Adam Rittenberg of ESPN will join us momentarily. Bo Bishop and Johnny Ginter here for the time being. We got a lot going on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's a lot going on in Buckeyeville, my friend. Um, a little bit. Last, uh, I was in Montana. I got back uh, Wednesday to my radio show on 97.1 The Fan. And um, in the middle of the first segment, the Brett McMurphy opus hit. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. Like a 5,000 word. It looked, felt like a 5,000 word report on uh, the, the many misgivings of Zach Smith. Uh, included pictures and text message exchange between Shelly, uh, Shelly Meyer and uh, Courtney Smith. And so I spent the next hour and 45 minutes trying to wrap my head around that while reading it on the air, which is a difficult task because you, in those situations, you're trying to be what you want to be is accurate and you want due process and you want to make sure that everything's being double checked and checked again. And I knew that Brett McMurphy was a reputable reporter and that he sure. wouldn't make things up. Um, and despite the Reddit chain over the weekend, I don't believe that he did. Did he follow all the journalism protocol during this thing? Maybe not. Maybe he shouldn't have edited his things. He probably should have, uh, noted where he made changes based on the arrest report, uh, that he perceived to have changed. Um, but I don't think it changes anything about what urban Meyer said at media day, uh, or anything really that's happened since. So my initial feeling on this, John, was that, um, that I just didn't believe that urban Meyer who I consider the smartest college football coach that I've ever covered would knowingly lie at media day. And I want to be very clear. I have no issue with, it's not about lying to the media. Like that's just so silly how that's become a thing. He is the highest paid employee in the state of Ohio, right? Yeah. He well, is, he's, he's the he second speaks... highest paid employee, public employee in the country. Like that's, okay. you know, all right. So he's the second highest paid public employee in the country. He is, when he speaks publicly, he represents the university. Right. So it was never about whether he lied to the 30 or 40 or 50 media people that were surrounding him. He was lying publicly. Yeah. And I didn't think he'd do that. And I certainly didn't think he would do it for Zach Smith. And I didn't think he would do it with his reputation on the line and with um, $40 million on the line. I mean, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think that. So I went on my radio show all last week and said, I feel compelled to believe Urban Meyer that he didn't know. And I rationalized it the following way. I thought, well, it's 2015. In my head, I always said, maybe Urban Meyer knows a whole lot more of this. Maybe it's not that he knows about this, but that he knows a whole lot more. And that this couple has been um, back and forth with him through police for years. And Shelley, in the middle of the 2015 season, where they're maybe the best team in the history of Ohio State football, doesn't bother him with it. Yeah. That's the way I rationalized it. And I thought, well, maybe he didn't know. And I could see that because I've been around Urban and I, I know how he goes into a bunker mentality in the football season and it's football all day, all night. And then on Friday, he released that statement, not through the university, but through his own Twitter, where he acknowledged that he lied. He can use whatever language he wants. I'm sure his lawyer uses whatever language he wants, but he used, he lied. That's what he acknowledges. And then following that, Zach Smith comes on television and radio, and he proceeds to say he's never struck Courtney Smith. And within seconds of those interviews being done, Brett McMurphy puts out a, a text message exchange where Zach Smith apologizes for strangling Courtney in Cabo. Mm -hmm. Right? Do I have right. all this right to this point? 
as as and far as point, I understand it, yeah. <laughs> at that point, I went to the lake for the weekend. I the lake. <laughs> I've had enough. I didn't done. think about it much. I really yeah. didn't think about it much. And then what I kind of started to realize is that there are two things that that are that we are dealing with right now. Number one is Zach Smith and Courtney Smith. And that is something that that is that is clearly a troubled marriage. Uh, it doesn't really matter who I believe, but I believe her. Um, it, so it, it doesn't really matter. I, I think Zach is is probably a bad guy and probably has done some of this. Um, and and he probably deserved to be fired or never hired all the way back in 2009. Um, but what really it comes down to as Ohio State forms a task force and they have the Southern, some attorney for the Southern District of New York, it's just a total Ohio State thing, right? What they've done with this uh, committee and we're going to have investigations in 14 days and all of this. And I just oh, yeah, came back their, to this that's 100% one their MO. That's, that's how they go about that stuff. That's absolutely how they go about it. So I just kind of came back with one thing that kind of crystallized for me today before I did the show. And what I said was, and what I still continue to believe is that this has now become a very simple thing. Why was Zach Smith still employed at Ohio state after 2015? Right. Okay. And the yes. second part of that is if you're okay with that, are you okay with urban Meyer's judgment in allowing him to do so? Right. Because it's not about proper channels we all know that urban could hire or fire anybody he wants. We all know that up until two weeks ago, he could have fired Michael Drake. If he wanted to, he could have fired Gene Smith if he wanted to. And that's not a question for me to answer because I don't have a vested stake in Ohio state. But with that, I mean, I didn't go to school there um, other than, you know, being a fan of the kids that I've covered and many of the coaches that I've covered and enjoyed talking about it for a living there for the last decade. I, I don't have any money invested in Ohio state, right? Like right. I enjoy the football product. I'm not, I didn't go there like you did. Um, and like so many have, but I really think it's come down to that very, those two very simple points. And <laughs> I don't think that takes two weeks to figure out. Uh, and that's where I continue to sit with it, you know, here as we tape on a Monday night. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually a little pissed. You said that because that's the exact point that I was going to make in that, like I, <laughs> I've been <laughs> sitting for the past, I don't know, two or three days on Twitter arguing with people about whether or not urban Meyer lied in his press conference. And I believe, you know, I believe that he did, but I also think ultimately that that's not even the point. And it, it's not, we can get lost in the minutia of whether, oh boy, you know, we? well, we can get lost in the minutia of whether, you know, Zach Smith, you know, was arrested or wasn't arrested or what the report said, or when Brett McMurphy edited what, none of that matters to me. What matters no, to me, me is whether you're okay with Urban Meyer keeping a guy on staff that by Zach Smith's own admission said, if you touch him or touch your wife, whatever, you're done. That indicates to me that Urban Meyer knew that there was a chance that might happen. If that's yeah. something that bothers you, that Urban Meyer was like, you know what? Zach Smith's going to stay on until something happens. Like it bothers me. Then I think that's something to be concerned about. And we can have a conversation about that. But this, the minutia about whether or not, uh, Urban Meyer was, you know, aware, like technically aware of a specific arrest. And like, I don't care about that. I care about whether or not you believe that Zach Smith was a guy who was a threat to his wife and that Urban Meyer kept him on staff knowing that anyway. And if you believe both of those things, then that's really, really bad news for Urban Meyer. And I would hope that it would change your opinion of the dude, um, you know, regardless of how you feel about his success on the field or anything else. Because to me, that's a serious error in judgment. 
And I think it's enough for, I mean, again, I'm not the guy making those decisions, but I think it's enough for people who have that kind of authority at Ohio State to say that guy's got to be gone. I, I just think it, it it just depends on what your perspective is on this. And to me, that is a serious, serious error in judgment. And that's how I view it. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing is, is, you know, at Ohio State, you, you everybody gets fired there. And yeah. it's usually when you get to a point where we they can't take it anymore, right? Like right. think about like they fired Woody in an era before social media and twenty four seven news. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And Woody basically that. told him that you have to fire me. He was not going to step right. down. He said like I will stay here till the day I die. Yeah. You got to you got to take me out the pasture because otherwise I'm not doing I'm not going anywhere. That's right. Um, and Tress with Tress it wasn't it wasn't tattoo gate or Ill, Gordon Gee's ill-advised comments at a press conference. It was a sports illustrated cover that really didn't add anything to the story. It was just, they'd had right. enough. Yeah. It had the enough. Story, and the, the story itself, the sports illustrated story was garbage. It was nothing. I agree, but, but it was the but perception it was the of, it. of it. It was the way it yes, looked. It was the way it looked that here was Ohio state once again in the news for bad things. And there are people up there like Les Wexner who gave a billion dollars to a cancer center and have worked very hard to improve through his own financial giving. And he's one of many, and I'm not saying he's the guy who's going to be the one who, you know, decides, you know, whether or not urban Myers, Ned Stark, but what, what, what it comes down to is, is they worked very hard to make that place someplace that is looked upon proudly. And at the moment you have an investigation into a wrestling, a doctor with a hundred wrestlers accusing of sexual misconduct. Who's been dead for 15 years. Is it a swimming and diving? Yeah. Yep. As well. And now this. Yeah. And now this. And so, and this is coming off the heels of the controversial firing of the conductor of the band. Right. Like it's just, if you're less Wexter and you want it, like we think football is the biggest thing in the history of the world. Well, I promise you that that cancer center is bigger. Yes. Right. Absolutely. 100%. It's not even close. It's not even close. And so if you think about what Ohio state is known for. And this isn't me talking. I'm talking about the people who are making decisions here. Right? right? Because I've, as I've said a thousand times, the most fun I've had covering college football is urban Meyer coach teams. I, I know him a little, I, I love how direct he is. And that's what made this thing so crazy a couple of weeks ago at the big 10, because it could have been handled just so a million times different and better. Um, that was so shocking to me to have him do that. Well, I want to, um, can I, so real quick, I want to, that's what baffles me about this because what happened at Big Ten Media Days is I think something that bothers me, not in the sense that I think he should be fired for it necessarily, at least that alone. I don't, I don't think that should be a cause for dismissal, but it just baffled me that the dude seems so unprepared for a question he had to have known was coming days. I don't believe he was. I don't believe he was ill-prepared. Uh, he would have had at least at least 12 hours notice on that. Yeah. Well, how at did least. he, then how is that the answer then? How is that the answer to that question? It makes me think that maybe he just thought, I mean, you know what we do with football coaches, right? Yeah. We build them up to the point to where they're unfireable. In the words of Gordon Gee, I hope the coach doesn't fire me. <laughs> Who are you to question him? I, I think we go, it's look, I'm again, I got to be very, very clear here because sometimes people, especially in this day and age tend to just want to hear what they want to hear. I want to be very clear that I'm not comparing the two things. But if you go back to Paterno at Penn State, Paterno did the same thing. 
right? He right. pushed it up the chain of command. And we all said, well, that's not enough. You're Joe Paterno. You do whatever you want. You run Happy Valley, right? right. And his right. mistake was, he says, in retrospect, had I known what I know now, I wish I could have done more, right? That's what he said <laughs> after it was all done. But Right. And that's, but, but that's the problem. And I'm not comparing assumed, the two. Yeah. It I'm not comparing. They the don't know stuff, which I, right. It's so hard for me to believe that a guy like Urban Meyer, and you talked about that. I mean, sometimes he does kind of insulate himself in the football world and then he does what he needs to do. And, and I think that's plausible. I don't think that, you know, it's, it's completely absurd to think that there would be some things that he doesn't know about, but I find it extremely hard to believe. And I found it extremely hard to believe at big 10 media days that he wouldn't be aware of something like that. And again, I don't think him saying that at Big Ten Media Days is enough to like get him fired. But I think, again, where the judgment call comes down to is, is the guy who was aware of that about Jack Smith and still kept him on the staff and still paid him over $400,000 a year, I think $430,000 or something like that, is that a fireable offense? And I think for some people it is. And other people, maybe not. And other people may say, well, you know what? He was trying to help these guys get through their marriage. Maybe he wanted the legal system to deal with it. And I think those are valid arguments. I don't want to completely dismiss the complexities of this. Uh, for me personally, it's a serious moral issue, but I can also see the fact that there are other sides of this. And it's complicated when you're dealing with relationships between people. It's not, you know, it's not something that's black and white, but again, when you, are asking, did Urban Meyer know about all this stuff? Of course he knew about this stuff. Like, not, I, I don't think we can pretend like he didn't. I, I think we need to shift the conversation away from that. No, I agree. I, but I think the question is, I, I always, I, I started wrapping my head around this at the end of last week. And I, instead yeah. of saying, did he know about 2015? I started to think, well, maybe he knew about a whole lot more. Right. Maybe he knew a lot more. Yeah. And maybe that's why he didn't say anything. Um, this comes down to, in the end, and this is the thing that's so hard for me to wrap my head around, because if you think about what Urban Meyer put on, what he vested in Zach Smith, you're talking about his his legacy at Ohio State. You're talking about $40 million. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. like Urban's made a lot of money, but $40 million, he don't have $40 million in the bank. Um, And... All of this for Earl Bruce's grandson? Like, I just could never wrap my head around that. I can't. It, it, I just don't know how you could have that big of a blind spot. But I do think, had he come out two weeks ago at Media Day and said, I made a mistake. I should have fired this guy a long time ago. I had a blind spot for him and his family. His grandfather was like a second father to me, which he said a million times. I think there'd be a little more contrition. Uh, I, I wish he was a little more, had a little more contrition. And I yeah. think there'd be a little more sympathy to it because we all have blind spots to people. Of course. Yeah. But he, he, he almost went to the point of, you know, like the fake news, like it was almost like it was who makes this stuff up or whatever he said. Right. And it just seemed like, boy, knowing what you know, and I think your point is the best one. If he knew enough to Zach Smith, if he knew enough to say to Zach Smith, to Zach Smith's own admission, if you ever, what do you say? If you ever lay your hand on her, you're done. Yeah, something like that. If I ever hear something like that, if I ever, you yeah. know, win, right. done something. So he knew enough to say that. Yeah. And so like why, you, why do you bring him here? Right. And why, keep do you, him on why do you expose yourself to that? 
And not only that, but like if I'm a player and I'm I'm playing for Zach Smith, I'm a wide receiver or something like that, and I see guys like you know Carlos Hyde get suspended pending investigation, you know, for things like that. Like I just, you know, it's it's the double standard. I think would be really frustrating to me as a player and and watching somebody who you know there's going to be rumors about him. I'm sure people. I mean, this is stuff that has been going around about Zach Smith for a long time, like kind of mm-hmm. whispers and nothing concrete, but just one of those things where it it is a blind spot. And it's frustrating that someone who has respect women written on the walls of the Woody and has suspended guys who have been involved in accidents like that uh, or incidents like that uh, has that, you know, concession to a guy that he feels some kind of almost you know familial attachment to and i just it's it's frustrating and it makes me angry and again like you know if you want to get in the particulars of their relationship I, i'm not interested in that frankly because no, either because it's it, it's not relevant honestly like it, it really isn't i mean if they're if you truly believe as an employer and especially as a public employee employee and i will tell you as a public employee myself there is a litany of things that I can be uh, suspended or fired for that have nothing mm-hmm. to do with my performance in the classroom. Uh, there yeah. are all kinds of things that I can get in trouble for uh, that a normal person at another job, you know, would just kind of shrug off. Maybe they would get some kind of referral to somebody in HR. I can get my license stripped from me and I will never work in teaching again if I do certain things or I am you know, known for certain things. Uh, so to me, that's also frustrating just from that aspect, because both of these guys are public employees and we deserve to know how their employment is being handled as the public, because that's, that's part of the deal. That's, that's kind of the gig. Mm -hmm. When you accept that position, that's the kind of scrutiny that you bring on yourself. I remember, and again, I'm, I'm going on a rant here, but my parents, uh, salaries, school teachers were published in the local newspaper every year growing up. Our addresses were freely available for anybody to look at and my record of like evaluations my otis evaluations are public record anyone can request them and go ahead because i'm a pretty good teacher but (laughs) my point is that that's that's part of the the deal when you become a public employee and you have to be held to a certain standard and i just don't think people have quite wrapped their heads around that idea yet like this is not just something that has to stay within the family they are public and the public should know about what's going on yeah. And so now here we sit and we've got 14 days to, I guess, I, again, I don't understand how it would ever take that long. It really just comes down to what are you comfortable with? Right. That's it. Like if you're the board, what, how much, what are you comfortable with on this thing? I don't, I, I don't understand why it would take that long. I think it's, um, you know, I think Gene Smith certainly is now implicated because of Urban's statement and because of what Zach Smith said, um, that Gene was the one who pulled him back, which means that Gene essentially, um, allowed for it. And I said, I saw Gene had a statement today saying, I look forward to speaking once, you know, the investigation right. is over or whatever, and whatever he said. So look, this is, this is kind of the deal. I, I don't know. I don't know. I wish it, people, I, I mean, I get the question a thousand times a day. Will urban still be the coach at Ohio state? And I could sit, I could give you an answer, but I don't feel conviction of either one. Right. I don't have a feel for it. I don't. And smart people, smarter than me been on this beat longer than me powerful people in columbus who are real power brokers on something like this they don't have a feel for it either so i don't know i can't read the tea leaves on this yeah man i you know when this first came out i was like there's no way he's surviving the optics of this are terrible 
this is just going to keep building. I think that, you know, if, if it turns out that Urban Meyer reported this and, you know, maybe they were, he suggested that they get counseling and maybe this is something that he was actually heavily involved in and maybe he didn't talk because, you know, he was just trying to respect the process that they were going through or something along those lines. I, I think there's a way for him to get out of this. And honestly, I also think that maybe, you know, it's, it's just an accountability thing. If there were procedures in place that said he wasn't supposed to fire people in the event of some kind of interpersonal dispute or, or relationship dispute, and, you know, that wasn't his responsibility, then I think, he, he, you know, he'll end up being okay. Uh, I also think that what you alluded to earlier with guys like Les Wexner and, and some of the people who are even on the investigation committee, you know, they're looking at Ohio State's reputation as a university. And I know that my degree is much, much more valuable in 2018 than it was in 2003 when I entered the university. Uh, and right. that's because of the things that they have done to raise the profile of the school. That's because of building up the medical center and raising the standards for admission and things like that. So what are you trying to protect? And I, I just, you know, we'll see what they're trying to protect and we'll see how much culpability urban really has. Yeah, we certainly will. And I, I, I mean, I do just never in a million, here we are. I mean, they, you report for camp and I was thinking about this too. And I'll, I'll just kind of close with this. Like there are a hundred dudes who are between the ages of 18 and 21. And I, I thought that I've said this on my show last week, like probably 50% or better came to that school to play football because of urban Meyer. Yeah. Because they're Jeff Akuta from Texas. J.K. Dobbins from Texas, Tate Martell from Nevada. Like, they're not Sean Wade from Florida. They're not – this is not an Ohio-loaded roster. No. By and large, these are not kids who grew up probably Buckeye fans. They wanted to go to Ohio State to get to the league. That's what this is – that's what Urban has made the program about is we're going to get you to the league, and they've been great at it. And that's why the recruiting is what it is. That's how you get somebody like Jeff Akuta or Baron Browning and – those type of kids to co to come to leave Texas and go to Ohio state because Ohio state prepares you for the NFL. Well, those kids started practice on Friday without the reason they're there. Right. The biggest reason they're there and right. they will get a collective hug on that opening game at noon against Oregon state, the likes of which they've never seen and they're Buckeyes now. Um, and the other thing about this is whatever happens here, Ohio state will be fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> they'll be fine. Yeah. Like, they'll be fine. The program will move on. I don't know if it'll ever be as good. Like if, if they decide to part ways with urban Meyer, I don't know if it'll ever be as good as urban Meyer, because I think he's that good of a football coach and program builder. I don't know if it'll ever be as good, but they've won a national championship with Jim Trestle. They can win one. They've won one with urban Meyer. You could win one with somebody else. The program is the program and urban left it in very good shape. If he did, if this is the end, he's left it in very, very good shape going forward. So, um, it's a it's a wild time, and you didn't think you'd be here now. That's for sure. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Adam Rittenberg. Uh, he will join us, but longtime cover of the Big Ten. He will join us next, uh, right here on the Dubcast. Before we do that, though, we want to remind you to be sure and visit the Eleven Warriors Dry Goods for shirts, hats, stickers, and more. Go to drygoods.elevenwarriors.com. Welcome back into the Eleven Dubcast. Uh, time now to be joined by a good buddy of ours, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN. He's been covering the Big Ten for a very, very long time in Ohio State, of course, along with it. Um, Adam, from you know, we've been just ensconced in this thing, and um, as I mentioned in the first segment, this thing actually broke on my radio show, which is on the flagship in Columbus, and so I've been trying to digest this kind of in live time. I'm curious from your vantage point, um, when you first 
start to get into this and you see the initial McMurphy report and you see the way that it's been handled by Ohio State and then eventually culminating with Urban's response on um, on Friday after being uh, put on administrative leave. What is what has kind of been the way you viewed this? Yeah, it's been dramatic. And what, I think what's interesting, you know, for such a big story, not just I mean, this is a national sports story. I spoke about it on ESPN radio when we co-hosted this weekend. I mean, this, this is a big, big deal story. There's not been one press conference. I mean, the last real press conference was the one where Urban just handled it so poorly in Chicago and then apologized for it in a statement. So in many ways, we're still waiting for that dramatic, you know, Urban up there, Gene Smith up there, maybe, you know, the trustees and the university president, who knows who else. Um, that, that moment hasn't happened, but there's been a lot of, uh, you know, twists to this thing, you know, starting in Chicago and then obviously with Brett's report that you referenced last week, and then, um, you know, then uh, some of the interviews that, or statements that came out on Friday, you know, now there's a rally going. I mean, there's all sorts of things that have happened because um, this is obviously such a big deal, and, uh, you know, we'll see when there's a resolution here. It sounds like there'll be a resolution one way or the other, at least with Urban Meyer, before the start of the season. How do you think what happened with Jim Tressel – in 2011, how do you think that is influenced how they've handled this in the past two or three weeks here? You know, I don't think much. I think the only way that it has is maybe being um, uh, looking at the pressure of the outcry, the PR-ness of it with Zach Smith's firing. You know, a lot of people are kind of wondering, well, what really changed from what you already knew from, between the 2015 incident and Urban Meyer's knowledge of the 2009 incident and just the entire program knowing kind of the history of this marriage, what really changed? Well, there was a, a, a new legal situation, but um, one that Ohio State seemed to be okay with. And then there was so much negativity, more reporting, and then they obviously let him go. So that's the only thing that reminds me a little bit of the Trestle situation, because that was just kind of a buildup over time. Um, you know, starting with uh, you know his situation with the NCAA investigators. So, but other than that, it's just a completely different situation because you're talking about kind of institutional philosophy versus how a coach dealt with an NCAA investigation, one involving players, and 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 honestly, a, a much less serious topic than the one that we're dealing with right now regarding Zach Smith. Adam, don't you think at this point, you know, I, you know, they, it's a very Ohio State thing to do to have like Chuck Rhodes from Billions administering this investigation. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's just how they roll. You know, I mean, this is what they do. They do this all the time. They have to hire in focus groups and 66 people come in and they're all the greatest people. And then we put on investigative teams and away we go. And then next thing you know, you have a press conference and the, and the president says, I hope the coach doesn't fire me. Like this is how they operate. Um, but to me, this is just very simple. I, I don't even think it's that complicated anymore. Like I, I think. You can kind of just boil it down to, um, and, and the reason we can boil it down to this is because we have it right out of Zach's mouth that Urban Meyer told Zach Smith, if you touch her again, you're gone. Zach Smith said that on Friday. So at the very least, Urban knew that Zach Smith was a threat of violence. So my question is pretty simple. From the Ohio State people that make these decisions, the board of trustees, the wealthy boosters who, who spend, who give millions and millions of dollars to that school, the very simple question is, are you okay with Urban Meyer keeping Zach Smith on this staff for the last three years? And are you okay yeah. with his, I mean, I don't know anything. I, to me, I just think it's just down to that at this point. Sure. Yeah. And again, I think what's going to happen from Urban's side and maybe from the entire school side is they're going to downplay the situation in 2015 as much as possible. You know, not, like basically saying that it's not the same as what happened in 2009. This was, 
um, you know, not something that you would fire somebody over as an isolated incident. But your question absolutely is the central one to this whole thing. You know, why, why take the risk of having this guy around your program anymore when, when you know these incidents are piling up and you know how serious this topic is? I also want to know what, what, who else knew what at Ohio State and when they knew it and what they did about it, namely Gene Smith, but, but other people uh, also may have had some knowledge. Because, you know, the one thing that came out of those, uh, the interviews that Zach gave and Urban's statement, which I thought was consistent and believable, is that Ohio State was notified of that incident in 2015 before Urban Meyer was. So it wasn't this thing of did he report, did he follow the contract. It was already reported, in a sense, to his bosses or to his employer what was going on with Zach Smith. But, but what actually happened regarding that incident, I still want to know. I think there's a lot of details that need to come out about what exactly was happening in October of 2015. So one of the things that we've kind of been struggling with in general, and, and I mean just you know the people who have been talking about it and writing about it, is how people have perceived some of the reporting on it. And I guess I just wanted to get your opinion or your take about how the story's developed kind of piecemeal. And I feel like it's one of the hardest things to just kind of wrap our heads around and wrap our minds around a little bit, just because of the way that this information has been kind of meted out. And what do you think maybe the next step should be for people who are trying to, you know, kind of get a handle on this almost labyrinth, you know, labyrinthian kind of, you know, situation where it's just one little piece of information after another. Right. Well, not, not to like, you know, tote the, the or, or say the company line, but I do think people need to wait and see what this investigation turns up because um, you know, listen, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Brett McMurphy. I worked with him for years at ESPN. He's done a great job with information regarding this story, but I still don't really know, like I just said, what happened in 2015 to prompt the investigation from the PAL police and then what was communicated to Ohio State and what conversations were had about, because that, that really is the incident here. I mean, obviously there's other times that the police were called out. We don't know if Urban uh, had knowledge of that. We do know that there was some communication between his wife and Courtney Smith. And that's probably the most damning part of this for Urban Meyer. How do you justify uh, that part of it? And, and not knowing that, hey, th this was a very um, troubled situation, to say the least, that marriage was. Uh, so, you know, I, but I would just encourage everybody to wait a little bit, because like you said, it's been a unique story. From a reporting standpoint, I know we took a lot of heat at ESPN in terms of how long it took us to put out a story uh, the same day Brett broke the, his story. And, and a big reason was we were just trying to check everything. We were trying to make calls. We were trying to verify things as much as possible on our end before we uh, put, put out a story. So I think that's just the nature of this particular case. Adam, this comes down to what is the job of the football coach, doesn't it? I mean, what this this happened in 2015. You know, I covered that team, Johnny and I, you know, you, you'd covered that, you know what that team was. That was the defending national champion. They were undefeated. Sure. Um, they were, it's probably the most talented team in the history of the program. When you look at what they've done at the NFL level, I think you can make that, make that statement and with a pretty good understanding of how much talent's come through that program in the years that it's been around. Um, and Urban Meyer's wife tells him this. And he looks into it, and according to him, the Powell police, I think he was truthful at that part where he said, well, there was nothing to it. Um, I had a police buddy, a police source of mine in the Columbus area who said that that there is zero chance that any policeman would ever cover up a domestic violence. And he said that the Delaware County uh, courts, they are straight by the book. I mean, right. so the idea that 
so what did happen there? Okay, so if Urban then asks about it, and I'm just I'm just trying to play this out because if it really isn't sometimes it's not the details of it, it's how much can you stand as a university, right? It's really sometimes right. how much are you gonna willing to be in the mud on this stuff? And I'm again, I'm not comparing the two, I'm not comparing the two quote unquote crimes, but Joe Paterno made the same claims that he he followed protocol. He told his athletic director, he told his president. Right. And we all said, well, you're Joe Paterno in Happy Valley. You do whatever you want to do. Like, go get him the hell out of there. You know, that's what we said then. Like, do we does the same still apply? Like, what is the jurisdiction of the head football coach at a place like Ohio State? Yeah, it's it's, it's tricky, you know, because, again, I, I think um, the firing him on the basis of that particular incident would be would be tough. But you have history, you know, history uh, of, of what, what had happened in in 2009 and whatever else your wife was telling you regarding her correspondence with Courtney Smith. So that couldn't have been a complete surprise that there was at least an investigation going on into what was happening with, with their, I mean, you can't be floored by that if you're urban Meyer Um, and you know, is a conversation at practice enough or, but I guess what I want to know is uh, what, what, what other conversations were had between urban Meyer and Gene Smith, between Gene Smith and others in that athletic department, did the Title IX officer know about what was going on at the time? Was there a should we just let him go conversation? Um, right. That's what's so interesting about this is I think everybody's assuming it's all on Urban Meyer and he's the most important person and the most powerful and it's it's his fault why Zach Smith stayed at Ohio State this long. But I I do wonder uh, if other people were involved in that decision making and who's going to kind of put it on who if it ultimately comes to that as far as blame. How do you feel about Ohio State's decision to not really allow media access while Ryan Day is kind of the interim head coach here? As a media member, I always want a media access, as you guys know. Sure, yeah. You you want to hear from Ryan Day. You want to hear from the players as far as how they're dealing with this. But I I don't think any of them are going to be experts on, on Zach Smith's marriage or Urban Meyer's response or, you know, obviously coaches that have been on the staff for a while. Uh, might know something, um, and, and that's understandable, I guess, why they would want to keep them off limits. But I don't think the players are going to, um, you know, add much to the discussion, and maybe that's why you don't have them talk. I, I think you can still have them talk about what it's been like the last few days preparing for the season. I, I'm of the opinion, guys, I don't know what you think. Uh, I think Urban Meyer's effect on the preseason is not as dramatic as it would be on the regular season. I think the staff. Yeah. When you're talking about Greg Schiano and Kevin Wilson and Larry Johnson and Alex Grinch and Ryan Day, who is in line to get a big-time job after this season if he wants one to be a head coach, they can prepare a team. I mean, Urban Meyer obviously is helpful and has done it at a high level for many years, but Ohio State will be ready for the season. I, I just You want your head coach out there when the games begin because the guy has a phenomenal record and knows how to prepare teams and make great in-game decisions. So that's where I think it'll be a bigger deal. But yeah, I, I don't think it would have been too harmful to put them out there, at least a few players and, and Ryan Day to speak about what it's been like. But I also, you know, can see the other side of it, that the, the whole school is sort of uh, in, in a shutdown mode right now as this investigation goes on. Adam, I'll get you out of here on this one. It's one that I get asked, oh, a million and a half times a day in one form or another. And um, I'll be very candid with you. I don't have a feel for it. I can't read the tea leaves on this. And the question's a simple one. Do you think Urban Meyer survives this? And I I don't have any feel for it. 
No, I mean, I would say on Thursday of last week, I, I was certainly in the he does not survive it camp. And then, you know, I'm not, not letting the, his statement in Zach Smith's interviews overly sway me, but I, I just get the sense that, um, uh, you know, especially in talking to some folks in the Powell Police Department, and they can't really comment on the specifics of this, but I, they, they all say stay tuned. There's going to be more that comes out that maybe explains why they kept Zach Smith on staff. And if that's indeed the case through that investigative process, and I think some of the people on that uh, team are, are really good, uh, I, I, I think when all is said and done, Urban Meyer will be suspended for a number of games, but still retain his job. Now, if they fire him, wouldn't be surprised. I think if they reinstate him immediately, I would be surprised. But uh, I think it's going to be somewhere in between those two. Now, what happens to the rest of the administration and Gene Smith? And does somebody get fired over this? Who knows? We already know Zach Smith has. uh, But uh, it's still, I think there's still a lot to learn in terms of details and in terms of the timeline with everything regarding this situation. It just comes down to what did you know and when did you know it, really, for all of them. Sure, but I mean, I think to your other question earlier, why did you not do something? Why, why, when you looked at the entire history here and uh, the fact that this shouldn't have been a huge surprise to you, did you keep him on staff? Did you keep him around players, especially given the climate right now around domestic violence? Right. Yeah. Adam Rittberg, thank you for your time, bud. We do appreciate it. You bet, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, reminder, don't forget to follow the 11 Dubcast on Twitter and rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's lighten it up. Um, we, we, we had a rally today. We, we should, t- there was a rally tonight. Um, yes. it's funny. Like I saw like USA today said urban Meyer supporters come out in f- full force. All the reporting I saw, it looked like 200 people about, um, yeah, around, I would say that's so. what Dan and James are saying about, about 150, 200 people. It wasn't 15,000 people who showed no, up. So. No, no. Um, and the other thing I thought was just comedy was the misplaced anger at ESPN. Like, they didn't yeah. even re- employ the guy who did it. And as Adam just said when we interviewed him, they waited the longest. Them and the dispatch waited the longest to report on this. Right. I mean, they waited most of the afternoon before they reported on it. So the, yeah. all this misguided anger at ESPN, like they're, you know, big farmer or whatever. I don't know. It's like crazy i don't understand they're not dow chemical they're not like dumping <laughs> urban meyer stories into the no. twitter this isn't michael clayton for crying out loud right um all right anyway uh time for ask us anything go ahead my friend okay so ask us anything guys uh, if you want to ask us anything which I'm, I'm sure you'll have many things to ask us uh after this week uh you can do that by sending us questions to dubcast at 11 warriors.com or at 11 dubcast on twitter Let's start off with this one from Alvin. What is the best thing today that millennials like me, Bo, are are ruining? Um, I think you're screwing up brick and mortar. Okay. I mean, you can't really go to a store anymore. I mean, there's a, there was this little sporting goods store in this town that uh, in, in in the town here we live in, and it's been around for a while, and they had to close up shop because everybody was buying stuff on on Amazon. But I don't know if that's a millennial program or as much as it's because I do that too. Sure. Right. I mean, I don't want to be inconvenienced by it. Uh, but I don't know if millennials are screwing that up. I really don't have a problem with millennials. I think you're okay. Yeah. I think, I think you're all right. I don't I have appreciate it. that. Thank you. I, don't, I think <laughs> it's like cool for people to like knock millennials, but I don't really, it seems I, there's nothing really that you've done to me. I feel yeah. fine with you. I don't think there's anything. I, I think all the major things that people say millennials are ruining are, are really just kind of a result of larger societal shifts that you can't like, I'm sorry. Like the internet isn't going away. People would rather buy stuff online than, than go to yeah. a like that's just how it works. Yeah, Although, frankly, 
like I love going to stores and, and shopping little boutiques and stuff. Like when I yeah. lived in Japan, there were tons of those little tiny things. I loved it. I absolutely yeah, loved that's it. That's great. Sure. Um, but it's it's just not sustainable. Uh what I will say though, something that millennials are ruining that I'm ruining that I'm going to call out my my fellow generation for is uh breakfast and lunch and and brunch in between because I just look flatbread is pizza just make a damn pizza all right like you don't need to put in like eggs and chickpeas and all this other just make a damn pizza and let me eat it don't put like i like avocado it's fine but i don't love it in everything i've ever eaten before and i know that's kind of a meme like but it's it's everywhere and and speaking as a guy who eats out occasionally in columbus it's you can't get away from it so cool it a little bit with the qt uh food items that you're trying to create i actually my most popular tweet of all time (laughs) uh had to do with a there was i don't know some buzzfeed type site was doing a focus on this like super hipster millennial millennially uh influenced burger joint in brooklyn and it was this burger that was filled with cheese and when you bite into it it just looks like pus (laughs) <laughs> and it is the most it's like a giant brown boil that you just bite into oh god plus and, and like the great thing is about two weeks after they did this little cool video hipster video special on it they shut the business down for health code violations so quit being cutesy just give me food that i like and stop trying to to make it all you know like it's created by elves or some crap i don't need yeah. sparkles in my food just give me food <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> uh, this next one's from Matt. This is I. You know, it's such an earnest question, and I feel bad for wanting to dunk on Matt for asking it, but I'll I'll let you respond to it. Okay. He says the wife and I are taking a trip to wait for it West Lafayette for the game in October. Uh, okay. Do you have any tips for enjoying an away game? Are there any spots in West Lafayette that they <sighs> need to know about that we should hit up? Uh, <laughs> um listen um Mackey arena is pretty cool all right you'll see statues of neil armstrong that's pretty cool that is cool. um it's the middle of nowhere and when we stayed there we stayed in a hotel on the off the interstate 40 minutes outside of west lafayette <laughs> so i like their stadium because it had natural grass and i like natural grass yeah um and i liked you know, the Neil Armstrong stuff. And I thought their campus was cool. Like it was a night. I, it's, it's not, it's way better than like champagne. Oh, like, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's I, kind of damning with faint praise, but yes. Right. <laughs> but I mean, I, it's fine. Um, And I, I felt like a lot of smart people went there, but I couldn't tell you, like, I don't have a recommendation for it because <laughs> it was so dreadful. There was no place to stay. So we literally stared at like a, I'm sure it was a, some sort of Marriott points place on a, on a freeway. 40 minutes away from West Lafayette because it's not right off the freeway. No, it's not. It really isn't. And, and what's crazy about it, because I have i haven't stayed in West Lafayette. I've, I've been in it very briefly a few times. Uh, and what's crazy is, is that every time I've done this, I, for whatever reason, it's always been in the fall and the weather has always been like gray and every all the leaves on the tree are complete trees are completely gone and it looks like i said like something out of like a Cormac McCarthy novel it's just terrifying <laughs> the road you know, it's, it's like it's like you know the upside down in stranger things that's yeah. kind of what it feels like when you're driving past it yeah. and it's just I, I don't know what to tell you man like I, <laughs> I feel bad that i have nothing really positive to say about west lafayette 
but I agree with you about the Neil Armstrong stuff. If you maybe there's some kind of museum there, I don't, yeah. I really don't know, dude. Yeah, and they're like I said, their stadium's cool because it's small. Yeah, so I do like their stadium. Great. I do like their stadium. Yeah, they it's do cool. Have a cool. Stadium. Yeah, it's really cool. It's small. Every seat's great, and they have natural grass. So I mean, yeah. I love that. I thought that was really cool. Like that was actually one of my favorite stadiums, just because so of the would, natural grass. So if I were him, I would definitely check out the tailgating scene. Try to be in the stadium for as much as possible, and then just get the hell out. If yeah, just get out of there. <laughs> it's like that. There was that movie that Johnny uh, Depp did about John Dillinger, and the, oh the yeah, trailer aired all the time, and and Johnny Depp in the trailer said. Uh, there's absolutely nothing I want to do in Indiana. And that's how I feel about Indiana. Like I, I could do something at the JW Marriott in Indianapolis and eat a steak downtown. But other than that, there's absolutely nothing I want to do in Indiana. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, last one here. This is just from at Suncard 19. He just wants to know a little technical questions about the dubcast. I'll just tell you real quick. We record using Uber conference. It's a great uh, conferencing call online. It's not really software. It's just kind of a service that you sign up for. It's really good. I download an MP3 of the completed podcast. I edit it on Audacity, upload it to SoundCloud, and post it on 11 Warriors, and that's pretty much it. So it's pretty, pretty simple, free. and it's all mostly free software. So, and I use a, a blue mic. I don't. What kind of mic do you? you I mean, you always sound really same one. There. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. a blue. Yeah, I just googled it like when you and I started this a couple years ago, and I just googled the you know best at home mic. Yeah, they're a really good brand. I like yeah, a couple hundred bucks and away you go. Yep. So yeah. that's uh, that's Ask Us Anything, guys. And again, keep sending those in. The weirder, the better, especially as we're about to actually have serious football things to talk about. And please just give it. I mean, the one thing about Ask Us Anything, you, know, like, you look forward to it because it's just, especially now when we're in the thick of no this kidding. heavy stuff, man. Like, right. Sometimes the brain needs a break from this stuff because you try to Agreed. wrap your mind around it. And there's a, so much going on uh, with it. So um, and the other thing I would say on this, John, is, is that in any sort of conflict you will pick there, especially now, like we pick sides and we argue strongly on that side. Right. And in this one, much as in the greater one in terms of our country, we all really want the same thing, right? Like you just want, you want Ohio state football to be what Ohio state football can be at its best. And one way or another, you're going to end up with that. So that's, you know, don't, don't try to tone it down a little bit with all the person. And the last thing I would say, yeah. And, and both the last thing I would say is I think you were dead on. Like nobody really knows how this is going to play out. If there if there's some kind of mitigating information, like Adam was kind of you know alluding to, that comes out about you know what Urban tried to do and and what's been kind of going on that we don't know about, that could right. completely change how people feel about this. And That's why when I've done this on my show um, on the fan, I've been I I just feel it's important to be measured yeah. and to wait until details. I know there's this rush to judge and to throw people and fire them and hire them and clear them and all of this. I, I just want to know until I know, I feel like there's so much I still don't know. Right. And, I mean, my, and, like I said, my personal take, spot and my, in my personal take is really strong. Like I just, what I've seen, I really don't like, but I, I also have to admit that I haven't seen everything <clears throat> and we're going to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. We are my friend. We'll be here to chronicle it. Good stuff is you from always. We'll visit next week, my friend. Yep. See you next week. You know what's really sad is that all of this is taking away from the real story that I want to talk about, which is Liam McCullough's Inception shirt, where he just you know, <laughs> gets a picture of him in the same shirt and then like puts it on another shirt right. the next year. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs>